It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello again, everybody. It's time for spring training in Arizona and Florida. And to talk about all of that, uh, Brett Boone, turning to it, Tony. I'm Rich Herrera, executive producer of this podcast. That, of course, is Brett Boone. Um, are you feeling it? Do you get this point? Super Bowl's over. It's time to start playing baseball. I, I do, uh, especially for me. You know, I, I am, as as you know, Rich, as probably everybody that listens to the Boom Podcast know, not the biggest fan in the world. I enjoy my football. I really like the everything that surrounds the Super Bowl. But but once it's over, my team didn't win. Chiefs ended up winning. I was pulling for the Niners. Uh, I'm ready to get into baseball. This is the time of year, you know, and I, I don't reminisce too much as I get a little bit older, but I do remember these times and, and how excited I was kind of chomping at the bit. You know, sometimes I was getting in my car, driving across the desert to Arizona. Sometimes I was headed to Florida, but uh, I, I remember these times and, and to a degree, I do miss them. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that baseball's here. There's a famous story. Uh, it was. It was uh, Joe DiMaggio, Tony Lazari, uh, all going from San Francisco to St. Petersburg for spring training. And the story was when they got to about the Rockies, um, they said, hey, DiMaggio, time for you to drive. And he, he didn't know how to drive and was just embarrassed and silent the rest of the trip. So I, I want to know, what's the one memory you have, Brett, for showing up for your very first spring training uh, when you became a professional baseball player? Well, I remember I couldn't, I couldn't wait. I mean, I was like a little kid at Christmas and, you know, I see the the guys today and the players today, you always see them showing up extra early. We had, uh, <clears throat> we had, uh, the Yankee lefty Re- refresh my memory, Nestor. Uh, Nestor. We had Nestor, Nestor on a Cortez. few weeks ago and he said, I'm already down here in spring. And it was the, around the first of February. 
I, I remember going down there, wanting to be early. I was eager, and I thought that would be well-received. I remember a lot of times I'd get there around the 10th or 11th. They're like, listen, we don't even start till the 16th. Maybe you can use the cage, but uh, <laughs> we're not ready for you yet. It, times have changed, and I think that's great that times have changed, where they welcome the players in much earlier because these guys are still – they're young. Uh, they're optimistic for the coming year, and they just want to get after it. And I think the earlier you get there, the guys today are so prepared. They they train year-round. Uh, we started to do that in my generation, but it definitely wasn't the norm, especially you go back to, to my father's generation. It definitely wasn't the norm. A lot of guys got to spring training to get in shape. So it's a different era, different type of athlete, but uh, I like the fact that they welcome them with open arms early, and you can get there as early as you want, but – I just remember those those times driving across the desert, you know, especially early. It's like, all right, I got a chance to make the team this year. I got to do good, you know, and you're just grinding. As you get older, I'll have to admit, and you become a veteran player, it seems like those spring trainings are a lot longer. You just want to get to opening day. But, uh, yeah, I remember these feelings. You're, you're, Oh, it's it's such a good feeling. And, yeah, part of me still misses that. Your first spring training was at in Peoria? Where were the Mariners? No, my first spring training was. Oh, this uh, was way back when. Yeah, this was in Tempe Diablo, where the oh. play now. That was the original Mariners uh, stadium, and that was my first spring training. Wow, you're old. I'm old. You're I'm older old, than baby. Peoria. Um, yeah, I am. You're older I than the a, Peoria. I, I, I had the complex. first spring trainings, first spring training at Peoria. The main complex, the complex was built, but the stadium that right. we shared with the San Diego Padres wasn't constructed yet. So that first spring training in Peoria, it was a brand new city. There was no construction out there. I remember we, that. All stayed, we all stayed in Scottsdale and we had to play every game on the road that year. Cause our stadium wasn't ready, so, but I was oh. young, didn't care. I got on a bus and believe me, Lou Pinella made me ride that bus every <laughs> single day, whether I was playing, I wasn't playing. That's part of being a young player. You know, the veterans would pick and choose their spots on how far the opponent was that day. But for the young bucks, uh, we just, we knew, we didn't even have to check the chart. We just got our bags, packed it, got on the bus. Um, tell me what's your favorite spring training site. Cause you, let's see, you were in Peoria, right? I was at Disney it, with it, the Braves. Brave. Uh, Plant City for years with the with the Reds. Then we moved to Sarasota late in my Reds tenure. Uh, Peoria for the Padres and five years with the Seattle Mariners. I'd right. say my favorite ended up being Peoria. I mean, I really liked it. That city, as everybody knows, that goes out for spring training is really built up. It's like a different world now. But I really liked that location. And uh, Arizona Springs, they're tough for me. For me personally. And, Arizona and I, was tough. I liked Arizona. No, I liked Arizona a lot okay. better than Florida. I think that's the overwhelming sentiment amongst players. Florida's really spread out, a lot of travel, uh, and Arizona just felt comfy. Like, okay, we're it's going two to different play. vibes. Yeah, it, it's completely different. I'd say the weather is similar, but if I had to give the edge, I've given it to Arizona. It seems like there's a little less wind during spring training in Arizona. Temperatures relatively the same. Cold mornings, uh, warm afternoons, especially as the spring progresses. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put my vote in for Arizona right now. And probably my favorite location uh, was definitely Peoria. Although the one year in Sarasota, I was with the Reds. We were on the beach. Right. It was kind of a cool. It, it was different. Plant City yeah. was rough. Plant City was rough. Plant City's in the, in the middle of nowhere. 
you're in the middle of nowhere and all your travels long and, and along that, that four freeway, which is a nightmare traffic in traffic out. But, uh, yeah, Arizona overwhelmingly for me, definitely my favorite. Um, and Sarasota, they have that little diner across the street from home plate that you can go get something to eat at early. Ah. If you got there and they bring food over. I like Sarasota and they've first all play ballpark. rich players. We don't know about that stuff. I know. I'm just we going to the clubhouse. We get ready for the game and entertain you. For fans, the fans that might be going out to see the uh, the Orioles, that's that's where they are now. But they have two different vibes. One is um, kind of a of a baseball festival, right? That you have in Arizona because everybody's so close. Everybody goes to dinner in the same places in Scottsdale. Uh, you see people walking around with every single team uh, gear on. So to me, it feels like a festival where where Florida seems more like enclaves. Right. There's you go down to you go down to Fort Myers. It's all Red Sox and Twins fans. You're in Clearwater. It's nothing but Phillies fans, Yankee fans. Uh, when you used to go to Orlando, it was all Braves fans, and they've since moved. But everybody had their little outpost, and you it was it was more like you were going to a road game to someone else's outpost. Well, I just felt that Arizona was I felt like outside the stadium when I'd leave for the day, I felt like the entire city was there for spring uh-huh. training. Whereas in Florida, when I left the ballpark, it was life life goes on as usual and it wasn't the spring training hub. I just feel like Arizona, yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the whole entire city, even the people that live there year round, they're there for spring training. At least how that that's how they made you feel as a player. Like we're all here for the same thing. We're going to a game. I don't know what game it's going to be, but we're going to a game somewhere. Whereas in Florida, it was no, it was life goes on as usual. And yeah, spring training's a little side note. That's how I felt. I'm gonna go get a public sub and then maybe I'll go to a game. That's right. Right? All right. Um, what about changing from one clubhouse to another? Uh, early in my career, it was, it was, uh, I don't want to say it was like, it was just kind of the unknown, you know, as a young player, you, your first thing you want to do is establish yourself as a big league player. You've done everything you can do in the minor leagues. Now you got to prove to the big league club that, yeah, I belong. I'm a big leaguer. And for me, uh, it started in Seattle. I came in, Harold Reynolds was the second baseman. I was the heir apparent. I ended up coming in. Uh, Lou Pinella came in of my first round and and uh, went through the 93 season. And finally, at the end of that season in 93, I was kind of an established guy. I talked to Lou at the end of the season. He said, Booney, you're going to be here, my my second baseman for the next 15 years. And that gave me a little bit of, uh, of comfort. And a week later, I'm, I'm sitting, I, I was in Hawaii. I think I was on my honeymoon. <laughs> and I got a phone call and said, you've been traded to the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, my world collapsed. Not that I was going to Cincinnati, but the fact was, wow. Did you they were know a mariner. Do you, do you know what the, do they know what I've been through the last season? Try to prove to these guys that I'm a big leaguer. Finally did it. And it's almost like now I've got to go to the National League and reprove myself. So. Uh, but I, I was just thinking, walking into that new spring training complex for the very first time. So you come walking into the Reds clubhouse, well, and you've no, got that, a big equipment, a big Mariners equipment bag. Well, yeah, that that wasn't the big deal. What I was trying to to explain was the fact that as a young player, it's different because it's like. You know, you're not a known commodity. It's like, oh, who's this young kid from um, Seattle? You know, let's see what he's got. And it's almost like I had to reprove myself to a bunch of new teammates. 
uh, as a veteran player, when I moved around later, I went to Atlanta, I went to San Diego, back to, to Seattle. I was a known player. People okay. had seen me, played with, played against me. They knew what they were getting. So it was a little more of a comfort factor. As a young player moving into Cincinnati, it's like, all right, who's the new second baseman and what's he got? And, hey, we want to see. We don't we don't trust him yet. So there's a different set of circumstances. When you're a veteran player, when I got traded to the Atlanta Braves, I was coming to the Atlanta Braves, and, oh, here's our new second baseman. We've been playing against Booney for years. We know what we're getting. Gotcha. Whereas in the early days, it was kind of like, uh, all right, what do, you, what do you got? Yeah, we traded for you. You're still a young player, and, and I know you proved it over there, but now you got to prove it to us. So different uh, set of circumstances. About, let's talk about some of those guys that are sitting out there that are established players that are still looking for a job. As pitchers and catchers reports, we're talking about Chapman, Martinez, Bellinger, Snell, Montgomery. I'll let you choose where you want to start. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Well, look at the top. Snell coming off of Cy Young. By the way, all Boris clients, all five of them, what I what I kind of categorize now as the big five. We'll start with with Blake Snell coming off an unbelievable year in San Diego. Last four months, he was as dominant as you possibly can be as a pitcher. I've watched Blake Snell over the years. He's got two Cy Youngs now. He had one in Tampa Bay. Uh, he went to the San Diego Padres, and I think the better half of the last three years, you know, he, he logged 128 innings in 22, 128 innings in 21. This year, 180 innings, 234 punch outs, led the league in RBI, one or, uh, RBI, led the league in ERA at a 2.25, and took home another Cy Young. For me, I think Boris and his his thoughts were. Cy Young, we're going to get that big 200, 250 million dollar deal. But I think the outside world, the baseball world's looking at this go, what Blake Snell am I getting? Am I getting that Cy Young award winner? Am I getting that guy that was okay and kind of like a third starter? They don't like that discrepancy and they don't just hand out 200, 250 million. Number 2, Montgomery Everybody watched his run down the stretch. He won a world championship with uh, with the Texas Rangers. Uh, was phenomenal. Probably their horse along with Evalde. Um, coming off a great year, he's not quite that Garrett Cole, that Justin Verlander. He's not that type. He's kind of a 1A type pitcher. Great pitcher. But I think until Snell goes, the Montgomery – his his Snell's uh, going to set the Snell's going to set, the, set the stage for Montgomery. Right. He's sitting there once again. They're all Boris clients. Number three, I go with Cody Bellinger, MVP a few years back with the with the Dodgers. Then in 2021, he hits 165. He's got an OPS of 542. 2022, he hits 210. 654. He signs a one-year deal with the Cubs. He's comeback player of the year. Hits 307 with an 881 OPS. Which player am I getting? Am I getting the MVP of the Dodgers? Am I getting comeback player of the year with the Cubs? Or am I getting 165, Cody Bellinger? The unknown. Teams don't want to shell out hundreds of millions of dollars to the unknown. They don't know what they're getting. J.D. Martinez, to me, the only thing 
holding him back is his age. He's 35 years old, but he's the mo- he, he's the model of consistency. He's a professional hitter uh, year in and year out. He's coming off a great year at, at 25 or at 35 years old with 33 homers, 103 ribbies for that great L.A. Dodger team. He's sitting out there. Once again, he's under that Boris umbrella. So he's kind of the package. The last one I'm going to get to is a Matt Chapman. Uh, he's a platinum gold glover. We didn't have platinum in my day. You just Would you have been a platinum? I, who knows? I What I think is this. I think the platinum gold glove is ridiculous. I think every year the platinum gold glove sh- should go to the shortstop because he's the best defender on the field at all times. And that's not even a question. So to give it to a catcher, to a third baseman, they're not even at a premium position. That being said, Matt Chapman, Top, I'm going to tell top. your dad you said that about catchers, by the way. Yeah. Matt Chapman is a top-end defender. He's elite. He's with the best of the best. But I just look at him year in and year out. I, I always hear about Matt Chapman. I had him as a young player when I was with the Oakland A's uh, in that roving capacity. I watch him year in and year out, and I say, when's he really going to break through? 2021, he hits 210 with a 716 OPS. Hits 27 homers. 2022 hits 27 homers again, hits 229. Last year starts off unbelievable. He's leading the league in hitting, I think, midway through May. Ends up hitting 240 with 17 homers, 54 RBIs, and is on the market as a big guy. For me, he's not a needle mover. He's not what we call an aircraft carrier that changes the game. I think a lot of the, I think the, the market's changing a little bit. I think Scott Boris, is, who's been the top dog in that industry for a lot of years, and if I was a, a star player right now in my heyday, I, I would be hard-pressed not to have Scott Boris as my representative. That being said, I think Scott, they found a way, general managers have found a way. Scott likes to go around the general manager and cozy up with the owner. That, right. th- that one above that general manager, I think the general managers have found a way to to block that and not allow them to go around the the general manager or, or, or maybe just have some more discipline where you're not Correct. letting the owner go hey 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 i know we have this big plan but i could get this guy right we're sitting here on the 16th of february and five of the biggest players in the game right now don't have a home All right, it's let's really interesting but i think there's a reason there's a reason for this these guys don't make that big of a difference jd martinez yes but he's 35 years old. How much has he got left in the tank? Blake Snell, yes, of course. I watch Blake Snell, and I think when he's got his stuff, when he's on, I think Randy Johnson. This is electric stuff. I do not want to face that. But am I going to get the Snell of 2023, the last four months? Or am I going to get the Snell of 2021? That was kind of a third starter. I can't give that type of monetary value to someone I don't know what I'm getting in return. Montgomery's been a great pitcher, a really nice. He started with with the uh, New York Yankees, did a great job, went to St. Louis, did a great job. Like I mentioned earlier, it was a huge part of the run that the Texas Rangers made. But if you're in Boris's camp, Snell's going to go first before you go. So I think these five guys right now, and even though they're veteran players that have made a lot of money, done a lot in this game, very established, I think they're getting a little cranky right now. Like, wait a minute. I don't have a home and spring training starting. It's an uncomfortable feeling. It's going to be really interesting how this how this plays out. You've been there before, haven't you? I have. Waiting, waiting, I, waiting. I was there in two, 2000. Uh, after the 2000 season in San Diego, I'd hurt my knee. I'd missed the last six weeks of the season. I was expecting that offseason to have several offers. 
I had a couple and there weren't any that were really that fruitful. I remember my agent at the time, uh, Tom Rich and Adam Katz sat me down at the end of the, <clears throat> at the end of the off season and said, Booney, here's our options. We got this, this, and this. And he said, and my suggestion to you is we take a one-year deal with the Seattle Mariners and we go play like hell. How do you feel like that about that? And I said, you know, I was at the end of my rope thinking I was going to have a lot more offers. I said, let's go play like hell. Scariest time of my career and ended up being the greatest thing that ever happened to me because I went on and, and had a, a really nice finish to my career in Seattle. It was the best move I ever made. But I, I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little hesitant, like, wow, the pressure's really on now. I got a one-year deal, and I got to prove to the world uh, that I'm worth it. I went out, had the best year of my career, and the rest is history. But it was definitely a little bit of an uncomfortability factor when I did sign that deal. All right, let's rank them. I got one through five. Chapman, Martinez, Bellinger, Snell, Montgomery. Who's the most valuable? Who gets taken off the board first? Who's the one that makes an impact that takes a team from second place to winning a division? Well, well the big difference maker I see, <clears throat> if he's right, is, is, a, is a Snell. I mean, Snell is a bona fide number one starter. So I, I think he gets off the board first. I don't think he's going to get the money that him or Scott Boros were were thinking they were going to get. I might be dead wrong. That's just my gut feeling. I think J.D. Martinez is going to sign a deal. He's 35 years old. He's made a lot of money. He's had a lot of success. He's going to get a fair deal. Probably not what he was expecting, but I think you're going to see J.D. J.D. can make a difference, not only with his bat, but with his knowledge, with his presence in a locker room. From what I've heard, J.D. is that guy that comes in and really helps young hitters, really talks the game, uh, and he's a student of the game. I think he could be a major, major uh contributor to uh, to a championship caliber team think he comes off the board bellinger's the wild card for me i people don't know what they're getting i think he's going to land somewhere and has the ability probably the best athlete out there and and if you go across the sports he's as good an athlete as there is out there he can play center field he can play first base he can steal a base he takes the extra base he hits home runs so that complete package really interesting it's going to be interesting to see where he goes i rank him third uh, and then I'm going to go with Montgomery. Montgomery, man, he's just a good pitcher. He's a likable guy. People like him. His his reputation uh, is is someone that they want on their team. They want him coming into that clubhouse and being in that rotation. And then last, I'm going to put Chapman. I mean, to me, kind of overblown always has been as this superstar player. I don't see it in the numbers. I think he's a good player. I'll take Matt Chapman on my team, but at white price. All right, that's going to do it for our spring training preview, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is the Boom Podcast.